Hi there. Thank you for joining us on the Redeemer Church Podcast. Here at Redeemer, we exist to see Christ exalted in our church, community, and world. It is our mission to lead people into the presence of God, devotion to His Word, authentic fellowship with others, and discovering their ministry. We hope that this podcast is just one of the ways you connect to God's presence this week. Let's check out this week's message. Morning, everyone. It is good to be with you for worship this morning. Welcome to all of you who are with us online, joining us from many different locations. It's good to be with you as well. Uh, Before we dive into the text, a brief update on our Made for More campaign. If you haven't been here in the last month, uh, we believe God has called us to raise $1.4 million above our general budget uh, to pay off our debt, which is due next July. We'll owe about $940,000. Um, We also have a few AC units right on top of us that I know you appreciate in August, and um, they need to be replaced. But above and beyond that, we're sowing into mission. We feel God calling us to give uh, to our neighbors in Bixby at the Bixby Outreach Center, as well as Mission of Hope Haiti, funding four trade schools for two years. Is this as exciting to anybody as it is to me? Come on, I know it's not just me. And I'm happy to tell you that as of Thursday, we're 43% of our way there. I said as of Thursday, we're 43% of the way there. So I also read an article this week that said over 70% of families in the United States are already cutting some of their non-essential spending because of what's happening in the economy around us. Um, Just say amen if you agree that the church is not a non-essential part of our lives. It's an essential part of our lives. So please, I'm asking you, uh, don't delay. Get in those commitment cards, even if you know what you're going to give later in this campaign, or perhaps it's a year-end gift. We would still appreciate a, a commitment card being turned in so that we can track our progress throughout this campaign. And just praise God in advance for the amazing work that this campaign is going to accomplish. Now we turn our attention to God's word. Last week, we started to look closely at each phrase of the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter six. Pastor Leanne opened our series with a masterful sermon on verse nine, and here it is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you missed that sermon last week, hit the archives, her uh, message is available there, and you don't want to miss it. Today we're looking at verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 10. Now I have to admit something to you. As I completed my preparation for this morning, I looked down and realized that I didn't even prepare to preach on thy will be done. I had one sentence, and I only got through half of it because the kingdom is such a broad subject, and I have to admit also it's so hard on me. I mean, all the time, all the prayer, all the reading, I even just looked and and gazed into the top left corner of my office for like 45 minutes and said, God, please teach me. What is your kingdom? Um, So I'm not even getting to thy will be done Because I think once we figure out this kingdom stuff, the will takes care of itself. 
Once we can yield to the kingdom of God, then I don't want my will anymore. I want his will in my life on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me so far? I mean, I really wrestled with this subject this week. And after I completed my sermon, Dave, Pastor Dave Brown, sends me a text message. I forgot to tell you, I've got a great book from one of my professors on the Lord's Prayer. I said, after I finished preparing. Thank you, Dave. So to begin, let me share with you what the Bible teaches us about the kingdom of God. This is not me telling you what the kingdom of God is. I'm going to tell you what the Bible tells us about the kingdom. We know that God's kingdom can be entered, and as a result, those who are in it are not out of it. How many of y'all know the Bible is both simple yet profound? I read that and thought, wow, it can be entered. And those who are in it are not out of it. The kingdom is a message that can be proclaimed, an object that can be desired or anticipated. The kingdom is a possession and a gift that someone can receive. It can be granted. It can be inherited. One can receive the keys to the kingdom, be a disciple of the kingdom, and even suffer on the account of the kingdom. The kingdom is a mystery, so it is explained in parabolic terms like it grows, it permeates, it can be found. The kingdom comes upon people, it appears, it draws near. The kingdom of God is a central concern of the gospel's. And it does not depend on any human activity for its existence. Humans do not create, build, construct, extend, or render present the kingdom of God. Sometimes when I hear someone in ministry who says, we've got to get out together and we've got to build the kingdom. Great. Bring a hammer, right? No, I want to tell them, hey friend, it's already been built. And it doesn't rely on you. The kingdom originates with God, draws its character from God, and precedes any human response to it, even though its presence invites or also demands a response, which could be allegiance or rebellion. God's kingdom is God's activity, creating, providing, leading, sending, calling, liberating, judging, conquering, and caring. It is God's domain, inclusive of the whole cosmos, which means it is here present with us now. Jesus' message of the kingdom is tethered to the call to repent, to align with God's rule, to engage in the practices of a kingdom dweller, and to serve as a recruit to others on behalf of the kingdom. Since God's kingdom is not restricted neither by space nor by time, we should not concentrate and spend all of our energy on discovering where is the kingdom or when is the kingdom going to come. Instead, this question, are we going to serve the kingdom or are we not going to serve the kingdom? And that kind of summarizes the kingdom of God, according to the Bible. Does it make any more sense to anyone now? Okay. Truly, this can cause our heads to spin a little. 
As we pray, as we study, as we read, as we reflect, as we ask God, what is your kingdom? I found Mark 4, 11. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The secret of the kingdom of God has secret in the Greek is musterion. Do you hear it? Musterion? Mystery. There is something mysterious about the kingdom of God. We know that Christ purchased our healing, 1 Peter 2, but we still groan with sickness, Romans 8. We've passed from death to life, 1 John 3, but we still physically die, 1 Corinthians 15. We have our inheritance secured in Christ, Ephesians 1, but the war of flesh and spirit still continues, Galatians 5. We have been acquitted of our sins, Romans 5, but we still are told to pray daily, Father, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me, Matthew 6. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, Philippians 3, but we still must submit to rulers on earth, Romans 13. See, for all of these reasons, the kingdom of God is mysterious. We may never fully comprehend this kingdom. So how about a definition? That may be helpful and it'll keep this sermon moving. This definition, I've put it together, inspired by both the Greek and also N.T. Wright's book, Surprised by Hope, which N.T. Wright sometimes Feels to me like I'm reading Greek as well. How about this? The kingdom of God is the timeless, so think past, present, and future, the timeless reign of an eternal, sovereign God, both in the hearts of his children and in the entire created universe. I'll share that again. The kingdom of God is this timeless, past, present and future, reign of an eternal, sovereign God, both in the hearts of his children and in the entire created universe. So what about the timelessness of this kingdom, the past, the present, and the future of this kingdom? Let me offer one of the most confusing statements to you today, and then I'll try to explain it. The kingdom of God is already and not yet. The kingdom of God is already and not yet. What do I mean by the kingdom of God is already? Well, let's look at the Old Testament. The ancient scriptures testify to the kingdom's existence. This is Psalm 145, verse 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. Your kingdom is everlasting, and your dominion endures through all generations. By the way, that word dominion, just think kingdom. The king has dominion in the kingdom. So this is the Old Testament. What does everlasting mean? It means everlasting. It means undying. It means never ending. It means permanent. Say permanent with me. 
This is a permanent kingdom. And then something remarkable at one specific divine moment in history, something remarkable happened. The king of the kingdom came to earth and lived and dwelled among us. And listen to what he preached. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now think about being one of Jesus' disciples when you're listening to him, and he says, the time has come. I like to think of Peter going, what time, what, what is it? Is it another meal, Lord? With well, a time for what? So when Jesus says, the time has come, here's what I believe that Jesus was implying. I believe Jesus was saying, God is about to exercise his rule and his sovereignty in a new kind of way. He's going to defeat the enemy. He's going to save his people. He's going to reveal the glory of God. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. I'm the one you've been waiting for this entire time, and I'm here now. And the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom from the captives. I believe Jesus was implying my ministry is the long-awaited kingdom of healing and salvation and freedom from darkness. God has sent me to reveal himself as king and to save and deliver and to help like he never has before. So repent, turn your ways, and believe this good news. That's what I think Jesus was implying. It's our reality today. The same time in which he said those things is the time that we live in now. It's the already present kingdom of God. Jesus is the king of that kingdom. But do you remember that Jesus is not casually given this title, king? Like nobody ever sat around at one point in history and said, what shall we call him? Hmm, king. All right, that sounds good. He's not any ordinary king. What kind of king is he? This is an interactive moment. <laughs> what kind of king is he? He's the king of kings. Not an ordinary king. He's the king of kings. Do you know what it means for him to be the king of kings? It means there's no space anywhere on his throne for anyone or anything else but him. I'm going to paint a picture for us right now, and I want you to just join me for a minute. Jesus Christ has invited you to meet him face to face. So you plan on it, the day has come, you go, you enter the gates, you walk through this long, beautiful uh, pasture, you walk through the courtyard, 
You approach the temple and the doors open for you. And you walk down this long hallway, marble floors. You approach the sanctuary. Lights streaming in, coming through stained glass. Music's playing. It's, it's the Redeemer Church team playing all of your favorite songs. Because you know in this moment with Jesus, it's only going to be your favorite songs that we play and worship to. You know that? Um, you've been waiting on this moment your entire life. You approach Jesus, you collapse at his feet. Tears fill your eyes. Tears fill his eyes. He embraces you. And he calls you by name. He stands up and sits on his throne again. You make eye contact again. Would you ever say in that moment, Lord, could you scoot over a little bit? I'd like to sit there with you. Lord, also, I need a little bit of room on this throne for my spouse for my kids. If you could scoot over a little bit more, I'd like to put my career up there. And I'd like to put my money there. Right there on the throne. Jesus, if you could scoot, maybe I could squeeze in all my memberships. Is everybody doing okay right now? We would never say such a thing in the presence of Jesus. But we're in the presence of Jesus right now. This is the already kingdom that we're living in, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So if we would never say such a thing in the presence of Jesus as we picture that moment in heaven, we shouldn't say it now. We shouldn't live that way now. To declare Jesus is king is to declare that he is the only king. He doesn't have to win a fight against any other kings to be the king of his kingdom. Are you with me? I got pulled over the other day. And if you know how I drive, this is not surprising to anyone. The officer came to my window. I rolled the window down, and he says, uh, you know, give me your ID and your insurance. I hand it to him, and he says, is this your correct address? And I said, no. We moved in May of 2021. Uh, so I'm behind. And then he says, do you have your, uh, your registration? Yes, let me get it. No, officer, I don't have it. Well, your tag's expired. Great. 
I even said to him, this is really starting to stack up against me, isn't it? He goes back to his car. And you know that moment. You've all had that moment where you're sitting and you see him leave his vehicle and approach your car with paperwork. And you're thinking, is he returning my paperwork or is he bringing me his paperwork? Because his paperwork's going to show me how much damage has been done. So the window's down. He hands me back my ID and he says, get your address changed. Are we guilty at times of wanting to belong to the kingdom of heaven, but we don't want to change our address? Are we guilty of wanting to belong to the kingdom of God, but we still want to reside in the life before we met Christ? We're invited to relocate from our delicate, fractured little castles to the almighty kingdom of God, but we got to change our address. It is impossible, spiritually impossible, to reside in two kingdoms. We can't. Belonging to the kingdom of God is not just about going to heaven one day. It's about today, right here and right now. N.T. Wright puts it this way. When Jesus spoke of God's kingdom, he was not talking about a heaven for which he was preparing his followers, but about something that was happening in and on this earth through his work and then through his death, his resurrection, and then through the spirit-led work to which they would be called. To close, we are already experiencing the kingdom of God, but also not yet. And that's why we pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are waiting together right now. We're waiting together for the return of Jesus Christ and his return is gonna fulfill his kingdom. Listen to these promises. Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Hebrews 9. The day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Matthew 24. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, Straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Luke 21. You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. 
Matthew 24. Jesus used the, the image of the kingdom of God to refer to God's heavenly and eternal rule and God's rule on earth in the obedience of his followers and God's future rule in the end times. Let's be ready. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.